Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast, where we tell the true stories of the vaccine injured that many don't want to hear. These are real people sharing real experiences, uncensored and unsanitized. Listen and learn with us as we tell the stories that have yet to be heard by those who've been discarded. No preaching, no propaganda, and no judgments, just the truth. Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Jared St. Clair. And today I have two people visiting us from 20 hours in the future uh, in New Zealand. It's Wednesday there. It's Tuesday here as we record. And it's a big Tuesday in New Zealand for people who are vaccine injured. We're going to talk about why that is uh, right now or a big Wednesday, I guess. It is Wednesday there. Is that right, ladies? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got I've got Ange Bowerman and Anna Hodgkinson on uh, with me today. Welcome to the Dearly Discarded podcast. Hi, Jared. Nice to meet you. Hi, Jared. It's good to have you both. Um, Anna is on a bit of a tight schedule. We'll explain that in a minute. So she'll leave a little early, but we're going to go ahead and start by hearing her story. So Anna, go ahead and tell us um, how you got involved in a movement uh, for the vaccine injured. Yeah, sure. Um. Just over a year ago, on the 21st of September, um, my eldest daughter, Casey Hodgkinson, had the vaccine, and within an hour, she started to react with numb tongue and locked jaw, and then led to body movements she couldn't control that led to seizures, um, epileptic seizures, and... um, narcolepsy um a year and a bit down the track she's now um been diagnosed with pots which may that they're also looking into something else heart related and neurologically related um as damage from this vaccine and a year ago after sharing her story on facebook because i realized the doctors in the hospitals weren't listening they were just fobbing us off and saying she had anxiety when we knew she did not um i reached out on facebook which then in turn um brought a whole lot of people to me a lot of people messaging from around the world um i then made started up a vaccine injured support group just on Messenger, which has been going strong for a year now. They haven't shut us down. And every day there's new people added to that just in New Zealand. Um, and they're all relapsing at the moment, I'm finding too. Like all these people are, are still struggling a year on where symptoms are all coming back. So through all this, uh, my support group's called Silent No More. I don't know if you can actually see us, but um, so yeah. Silent No More. We I took a petition to Parliament uh, on behalf of these people for recognition and compensation and just to be acknowledged that these people are real because in New Zealand they shut down everything. When I took that petition to Parliament, my, my um, Facebook post for my daughter the original one I did, they removed it without me knowing they were doing so. So they know that I'm speaking the truth for these people. Why would they remove my child's post? Um, this petition to Parliament ha- was accepted, but nothing has come of it. 
and what we were asking for was um, for these people to be accepted for ACC, so that's government assistance if you were to be harmed by something, like if you hurt yourself, um, so vaccine okay. injury. Um, to this day, we're still fighting that for many people. My daughter has never, she's third time round trying to get it, has not been accepted yet. You know, and she'll be able to speak soon about her. She's been a huge battle to get to some acceptance from ACC. Um, other than that, there's just no help in this country for anyone who's vaxxed injured. They, they all just get brushed aside or or hidden, really. We're hidden. So yeah. we've um, now started up a which has just been released today, a documentary for of um, Silent No More Memorial, Memorial Day, which is what we did down in Wellington when we took the petition to, to Parliament. Um, okay. So everybody share the heck out of that because it's the truth. It's a story. It's got my daughter in it and a few other people. Um, and it just explains a bit of how New Zealand has dealt with how the Prime Minister just ignores us, just pretty much says it's safe and effective. She wouldn't have made us do it if it, you know, if it wasn't when there's proof it isn't safe for everybody, you know, and, and right. who knows what this stuff is going to do to people in the future. We don't know. Not even fully tested till 2023, is it? We still ain't there. No. We still aren't even yeah, there. So it's still an experiment, right? Yeah, it's still an experiment. Yeah. And you know what? I'm seeing it through all these people. These people are still suffering. This, this, honestly, believe myself. The whole COVID thing's a whole experiment too. I, I don't know other people's thoughts on this, but the flu itself does the damage, yes, but so does the vaccine. Um, yeah. and, and this is where the the truth's hidden. Like, they, they push that we have to be worried about the virus, but we need to be worried about the vaccine. Like, it's hurting people. It's killing people. I know many that have passed away. I know a lovely lady whose boy had seizures just like my daughter was having, and his her boy died, you know, and she's still waiting 10 months later for the coroner's um, reports to come back. They don't let you know the truth. They hide it. There's no compensation. She's had, she had to pay out everything herself. And this is a reality for so many people. Yeah, and as, as we discussed prior to uh, starting recording, it's not just in New Zealand, right? This no. is a worldwide, worldwide. issue. Um, and, and everyone's struggling with it that has tried to get compensation, tried to get recognition, yep. tried to even get a doctor to admit that they have an injury in many cases has been yep. incredibly challenging. Yep. So there's been a lot going on. I think it, it it's an interesting thing because there are a couple of ways that you can go about life, I guess, after something like this happens to you. You can take it and uh, crawl into your corner or you can fight back. And yep. I believe that what you're doing with, uh, with silent, no more is your way of fighting back. And I mm -hmm. think it sounds like a very powerful way. How many members are in your community down there? I wouldn't have exact numbers. I know we've got a, huge, Don't have it. Okay. I got a huge following of people. So like we, we have a lot of different places, organizations within New Zealand all fighting and they all support us so I'd say just in our 
Oh, that's too hard to say. There's too many different little avenues of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad it's too hard to say. I'm glad you didn't say seven. (laughs) 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 We need lots of people to take up this fight. Um, uh, So the documentary, uh, people are listening to this, I'm sure are going to want to see it. What's the best way for them to see it? Probably on Rumble. It's out now. It was supposed to, it got leaked a bit early. Whoopsies. But <laughs> but okay. that's okay. We're going to officially be putting it out at 4 p.m. today. And we want everybody to just download it, save it, and share it. Because if you've saved it, they can't shut us down. Just Absolutely. And that's critical right now yeah. with all the censorship. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere you can. So it'll be on Rumble under what... Uh, what uh, Rumble account will people want to look for? Is it silent no more? Um, hopefully it is, yes. <laughs> I assume okay. it will if you look up. Well, it, but I do know, um, what was the doctor's name that shared it from America, And Do you remember? Dr. McCullen or? Is it McCullough? Peter, yeah. Dr. Yeah, so he's already tweeting it. So it's all over Twitter. So if Excellent. you find him, you'll find it. <laughs> all right. What we'll do um, after the fact here, after we record, is I'll find it on Rumble. I'll link it uh, in the podcast description. So anybody listening to this, go to your podcast description and you'll see it and, uh, and and find links for it. We'll also, of course, you can also watch, if you're on Rumble already watching this, uh, you can watch the other 20 or so episodes of this show that we've done with other people telling their stories. Um, Anna, what else would you like to share with people? Because I know you need to go soon for to get this documentary thing taken care of. Is there anything else that you'd like to share while I've got you? Yeah, I think the biggest importance is people not being fearful to say, you know what, my loved one died because this is happening and it's not just COVID doing this to them. It's these vaccines. And I like, I, I think it's so important to, if you lost your loved one and they've had this vaccine, push to have it looked into. Do not sit back and accept that that was their time. It's not fair to think that these people actually lost their life thinking they were doing the right thing. And and they need to actually speak up, be brave, don't be fearful. The more of us that speak up, what are they going to do? They can't shut us all down. They can't do anything wrong to all of us. If we all speak up, then they they lose that power. We need to we need to take that power back. One hundred percent agree. That's an that's an excellent message, and it's a critical message. And that means everything from sharing this show to sharing the documentary to signing petitions to doing anything that you can to get the word out. And especially, like you said, if it has happened to you, whether you've been injured or you know someone who's been injured, whether uh, you know someone who's been uh, killed by these vaccines it is time it's past time to speak up and let your voice be heard i love love the name of your organization silent no more exactly hashtag silent no more excellent all right anna thank you so much for joining us i know you've got to get going very soon for another zoom call so i'll we'll let you go right now i'd love to have updates from you anytime and we'll move over to Ange and let her tell her story and and uh Good luck to you folks in New Zealand. I I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. 
Okay, Ange. So now it is going to be your turn to tell us a little bit about your story and uh, you know what happened with you with the vaccine. So go ahead and tell us uh, wh- what happened with you, how long ago you got the vaccine, and what your reaction was. Sure. Okay. So I got the vaccine last year on the 19th of October. Half an hour after I received it, I started to get um, <clears throat> sharp chest pain around my heart was rushed to the emergency department and <clears throat> when I got there the doctor said to me that I was the fourth person that she had seen that day uh, with after the first vaccine like having chest pain and presented to ED with the same sort of symptoms and she said to me you know we don't actually know what these vaccines are going to do to you or other people and that it's a waiting game and they sent me home with ibuprofen and Panadol. And I thought, okay, well, it's just maybe this is just a short-term thing. I was a bit confused because I didn't, like, the what I got when I first went in to get the vaccine was the only side effects were going to be a fever, um, a bit of sweating. It would only last for a couple of days. And the one in a million chance of myocarditis, one in a million. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I must be that one in a million. So... They checked my heart and they said, well, you you know, your heart seems to be okay. They did an ECG and they were like, you know, everything looks fine. And, you know, like I thought, okay, it's going to be a couple of days and I'll get better. It weeks, it weeks and weeks went on. It started to get worse. I couldn't walk. I couldn't sleep. I was going back in and out into the emergency department saying my face is going numb and my tongue and I've, I had blood, little blood clots coming out of the left side of my nostril. I developed red rash on both um, arms and on my chest. I had a metallic taste in my mouth. Um, I was in the emergency department on the, on the floor holding my chest. I think it was about the sixth time I was in there and the doctors and the nurses were just looking at me and, you know, the nurses were looking on the ground. I was holding my chest. I was sitting there for five hours. I was sitting on the floor, like, help me. And the doctor came up to me and said, oh, well, you know, your obs are fine so you can go home. And I said, well, I, I don't feel fine. Like, I, I, this is like my sixth time in here. Like, I'm coming in and out. We need to do more thorough checks. And what about a CT scan? And, he, you know, and he was just really, he just wanted me to go. And I pushed and I said, look, I've just graduated as a healthcare assistant I know that something's not right with my body and I'm trying to tell you like please listen to me and so he went and had a chat to a senior doctor and they got me through and you know everything came back what they said was okay except I had an elevated d-dimer and d-dimer is an indication of blood clotting and I was sent home again um and then you know in, in a month I was in and out of the emergency department about 25 times I had two ambulance call-outs, two ambulance call-outs. One of them, they tried to say that I'd overdosed. And my partner said, no, she hasn't. And I couldn't move. I I was like a stroke. Like I couldn't see. I just shut down. I was paralyzed. And the ambulance came. They're like, they tried to say that I had had like overdosed. But, you know, so my partner, I could hear him arguing with the paramedics and saying that, you know, I had, seen an immunologist at this stage and he had diagnosed me with vaccine induced long COVID here in New Zealand. And, um, you know, they looked at it and they were kind of like, it, it was just a, still a lot of gaslighting. Um, every time I would go in hospital, the doctors would say to me, well, it's, you've just got anxiety or 
this is all in your head, you know, maybe you're just manifesting these symptoms. So, you know, like it's just been a really, really hard year of this and going in and out of hospital and not knowing and then seeing different specialists. I've had to pay for everything because it's not covered here by the public health system because it's not on the literature here. So they don't know anything about COVID here. They don't know anything about the vaccine. So if you get COVID or the vaccine, you get really sick from it, you the public health won't fund you to see a specialist because it's not on the literature. And that's what I was told by a neurologist. Mm. And so people are just left to fend for themselves. And in the support group that we're in, we're getting an influx of people every day. We're getting parents that don't know what to do that are like, I've gone to this specialist, this doctor, they're sending me away. And so we're trying to help these people like, you know, why we're still sick ourselves, and because they've got nowhere to go. And so I organized a meeting with the opposition party here, the national party. We spoke to two part, uh, politicians and one's Chris Bishop and the other one is Todd Moller. And Todd said to us, well, we didn't actually know what the vaccines were going to do and we're not the ones that pushed it through. And it was the Labour Party, meaning Jacinda, that pushed it through without talking to us about it. And Chris Bishop said the same thing. And then he talked about a parliamentary inquiry. But none of them have ever spoken about it. None of them. Since they've had these meetings with us, I've had meetings with like many of us. And, you know, like so many people have passed away from it people don't know that they're vaccine injured until like I talk to them and I say these are my symptoms and they're like oh my gosh these have been my symptoms too and they just didn't even know that they were vaccine you know and it's like yeah yeah and yeah. well and and it's important I think for people under or people listening that maybe this is their first exposure to vaccine injury stories or haven't listened to this podcast before maybe yeah. seen some of the documentaries and things like that it's important to understand that people are being censored so incredibly heavily that you do have a major major problem with people not recognizing vaccine injury for what it is in many cases, especially if it doesn't happen within a half an hour, an hour or half a day, you know, after people that don't start to experience symptoms until days later, uh, oftentimes chalk it up to something else, especially because doctors, as a general rule, aren't going to say anything about it. Uh, yeah. They're not going to say, oh, this sounds like vaccine injury. They've also been told that these vaccines are safe and effective. Uh, there's a lot of issues with, I mean, if you want to talk about misinformation, my goodness, uh, it's uh, staggering the misinformation when it comes to vaccine injury uh, oh. on the side of, you know, people who've been injured. Let me ask you a question because I don't want to breeze past it because it is something that I don't hear very often. And, and I loved hearing it from you. And that is that you did have your immunologist actually say that this is vaccine injury. Um, that's surprising. Most doctors won't sign off on that. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that and what made him determine that that's, uh, what this is. Yeah. So what's, so I've seen two immunologists. One of them is doing a study in New Zealand on long COVID and she, I'm a part of the experiment, so to speak of, so she's taken quite a bit of my blood and she's trying to find a cure for long COVID and vaccine injured. And okay. from what she said to me is that it's very similar. 
and she's working with scientists in Germany and you know um she also works with my immunologist and he's the top immunologist in New Zealand he's an advisor to IMAC in MedSafe here and he's wow. diagnosed me with vaccine induced long COVID and even though he diagnosed me with that our government was still well ACC which is basically like in America it would be like a compensation you know um sort of like your vaccine compensation department yeah so ours is mm-hmm. accident yeah so ours the ICP is what we call it here exactly yeah. exactly so ours comes under ACC and when we did our mediation they were they declined the ACC doctors were like there is no way that this vaccine can cause long COVID syndrome because it prevents long COVID. And so there was a bit of battle between that. And 10 months later, which was only a couple of weeks ago, right before we went to go to court, they actually folded and they, because I was also diagnosed with costrochongitis. And so that was accepted. And my long COVID diagnosis is still pending. So meaning it could be accepted and there's a high chance that it will be. And my immunologist also said to me that the vaccine is known to, um, what is it, reset uh, the Epstein-Barr virus, if you've had that in the past and mm-hmm. other things like that. So, you know, he's well aware of it. And, um, yeah, it's big stuff. It's it's pretty big. And it is quite shocking that he actually did give me that diagnosis because a lot of doctors wouldn't have done that. So I'm really grateful for that. Well, especially with his position, uh, the way that you uh, say he's the top immunologist in the country, that's, that's amazing. And it's important. One of the things that I think people listening to this uh, program, people who are vaccine injured, people who are family or friends of vaccine injured, people who Mm -hmm. have have seen people die uh, from vaccine injury, One of the problems that I think people have is that it does often feel like a fight that can't be won. Like, you know, we're just stuck uh, in a position where nobody's going to believe us. Nobody's going to listen to us. Nobody's going to help us. And frankly, unfortunately, that's what most people find themselves up against to a very large degree. I think in New Zealand and America and the UK and, you know, all these places, I've, I've spoken to people in at least four different countries now. Uh, that have experienced very, very similar issues. And yet, as I continue to talk, the longer this podcast goes, the more people I talk to and the more different places I see progress being made. Sometimes it feels like baby steps, but there are steps being made and there's more recognition happening. And and so if you if you're listening to this program and you're feeling defeated, because I I know that that feeling it runs rampant in this community, the community of the vaccine injured, um, you're not, you're not defeated. It's not, we're not there yet. Uh, I'm curious your feelings on it as someone who is experiencing this and what you're seeing in New Zealand. Do you feel like there is a light at the end of this tunnel? Absolutely. Look, we've, in our support group, we are constantly talking each other and I'm going to be brutally honest here. We're constantly talking each other off the cliff, off the side of the cliff. There are a lot of people who are feeling suicidal. There are people that are hardworking New Zealanders that pay their taxes, that have lost their jobs, that can't feed their families. And, you know, it's been a really, really dark time and it's been a battle. And for me, I 
all I can say is just be persistent. Don't give up and know and connect with other people who are going through the same thing as you or people that support you. Because in saying this, like I've lost family members and friends because they just cannot believe I'm vaccinated. They can't get their head around it. And yeah. it was it was a really sad time. But I, I, I understand now that they only know what they know. They only know what they've been told. And if it hasn't happened to them, then they wouldn't, they just don't know. They're just not aware and they're not awake to it. But um, it's very real. And, you know, with my situation, I've got a, um, well, I've just won my court case. So this vaccine does, it can, you know, um, give you long COVID syndrome. It can give you cochinchitis. It can give you things that weren't noted on the list of side effects before getting the vaccine. And, you know, there are many different side effects. I understand that Pfizer's just released some documents around um, adverse reactions within the trials that there's actually around over a thousand, isn't there? Yeah, it's the the information. If if people need evidence that these vaccines yeah. cause injury, there is no shortage of evidence. The evidence yeah. is overwhelming, really. Overwhelming. It's just as a general rule, hidden and you have to go find it if you want it, but the evidence is there. Yeah. And Absolutely. there are many experts, there are many, many experts across the globe that are standing up and saying, wait a minute, there is a problem here. The problem is that in most cases, they are, um, they're censored, they're fired, uh, mm -hmm. they're, you know, essentially gagged. Uh, and so if you want to know if vaccine injury is real, you can find out, you just have to look a little harder and Google's probably not the search engine for you. Uh, you know, things like the brave browser and some of these alternative avenues, looking at things like rumble instead of YouTube, uh, looking at these types of documentaries that we talked about at the top of the show. Um, the, uh, silent, no more documentary or the documentary out of the UK safe and effective, uh, or the documentary that was uh, just released, uh, here in America called anecdotals. Uh, these are all shows that are essentially doing the same thing. All of them have a little bit different tone, a little bit different uh, mess. Well, I think the message is essentially the same, but a little bit different way that the message is delivered. But the message is that there are millions of people who have paid some level of a price for what's happened with these, this vaccine rollout. And uh, whether it's injury or injury or uh, or death of a loved one or a family member or friend. And it's, again, the, the evidence is staggering. I don't know what else to say about it, but if yeah. uh, you aren't looking for it, it's a little tough to find for sure. And if you're not open to it. Well, I was just going to ask, Ange, what else do you think people listening to this show need to know? Uh, what else would you like to share about your story or other stories that you've heard? What 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 can people do to move this moving, moving along? Because you're in an interesting position. I've talked to a lot of people who've had a lot less success than you have. Okay, so all I can say to the people out there is keep spreading awareness. Talk to anyone. If you're going to the doctors, if you're sitting at the bus stop, talk about it. If this has happened to you, just keep talking. It's word of mouth. That's what I do. If I'm, you know, I speak openly about what's happened to me now. If, it doesn't matter what other people think. You know, use your voice, speak up. Put it on your Facebook, put it on social media, 
you know, like talk to the milkman about it, talk to a person at the shop, you know, like that's what I've been doing. I've just been talking, 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 because that is my truth. You know, this happened to me and this is my truth. And, you know, it's not going to be too much longer that they're going to be able to hold all this, hold the lid down on it because it's all coming out. And there's so many of us, there are so many of us and, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be pretty big when it does. And I've got a lot to answer for the government. Pfizer, I've got a lot to answer for, for the damage that's been done and the people that have lost their lives. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And, you know, it's it's been a pleasure having you both on today. This New Zealand um, picture has, has been really interesting to me from afar because during the lockdowns, it was a uh, whole different world where you lived and uh, the pressure to get the vaccine was just unbelievable uh, down there. And especially for someone like yourself who was going into healthcare at the time. So, you know, I can't even imagine uh, what that looked like. It was tough enough up here and even worse down there. And uh, we've had a few little technical difficulties doing this uh, half a world away, but I think we've gotten through it. Okay. I am so grateful to you, you know, people like yourself who are not willing to just go quietly uh, into the night, as they say, and will talk to the milkman and post it all over the place and go to talk to politicians and find doctors that will actually help. Uh, Being in a position that you're in is incredibly challenging. I can't I can only imagine it. I've certainly witnessed it. from all the people that I've talked to, but thank goodness haven't had to witness it myself or with, you know, a family member and to have the strength when physically you really don't have the strength that you once had to still fight the fight. I honor you for that. I appreciate you for that because it is people like you who will win this battle and win these wars uh, when it comes to um, the truth truly coming out and, uh, and people getting, what they need uh, in terms of support and also uh, people answering for what they've done. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jared. Thank you for interviewing us. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll get this out to as many ears who are willing to listen as we can. And also I would love to keep in touch and let me know what's going on in New Zealand. Maybe we'll do a part two and update this in a few months and kind of see where things are at then as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much and have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. And to you as well. Okay. I then. appreciate you very much. Bye bye. Okay. So you've been listening to the Dearly Discarded podcast. Uh, two amazing women with unfortunately similar stories uh, in New Zealand. Uh, 20 hours in the future from where I record right now. It was a little bit of a challenge to figure out how to record this show, uh, but we got it figured out. And uh, as you can tell, just amazing, amazing people. If you were touched by this, if you recognize that this is something that needs to be shared, please share it. Get it all over social media. Put it everywhere you can. We need these voices to be heard and to be silenced no more. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is the Dearly Discarded Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dearly Discarded Podcast. We encourage you to help break through the silence and share this episode with your friends and family. It's time for these stories to not only be told, 
but to be heard. For more information, head to react19.org and dearlydiscardedpod.com. The Dearly Discarded Podcast is produced by Jared St. Clair and Michaela Hyde with support from React 19. We'll be back next week with another true story from one who lives it. Until then, join us on Team Humanity. Keep an open mind, seek the truth, and share these stories. Most of all, open your mouth. Silence won't change anything. React 19 needs your support. We're a grassroots nonprofit created by the COVID vaccine injured for the COVID vaccine injured. React 19 provides physical support through scientific research and physician referrals, financial support to those most in need for uncovered medical expenses, and emotional support by growing a community that's focused on compassionate advocacy, hope, fellowship, and improving lives. We can only do these things with your support. Your donation is tax deductible and any amount is greatly appreciated. You can also sign up for automatic monthly donations. The vaccine injured have been marginalized, censored, and discarded, but they have not been broken. Help them rise to the challenge today. Visit react19.org for more information or simply text the word REACT to 50155 and donate via text. <laughs>